Welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. For those who are listening to this podcast for the first time, I am now presenting the part of the faith that refers to our moral life. In other words, everything concerning how we should live to reach eternal life and avoid condemnation. So before we enter into the commandments themselves, I want to present some foundations to that moral teaching of the Church. Like, what are human acts? What is the meaning of freedom and responsibility? And we talked about those things in the previous episodes, and so forth. So if you've never listened to this podcast, uh, woe is you. <laughs> no, no, if you've never listened to this podcast, the best thing would be to start with episode number two and go through all the presentation about the faith and then the sacraments, as those will be the best foundation for the understanding of the moral teachings of the Catholic Church. But you're here today, and that's what is most important. So thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, so, and the purpose of today's episode is to present one of the most important aspects of the moral Catholic teaching, which refers to the sources of the morality of our human acts, or if you want, the sources of the moral value of our human acts, the constitutive elements of our human moral actions, which help us and will help us determine the goodness or the evil of those actions. Now, this might seem a bit theoretical or too like over our heads, but I don't think it is that much, and I think it is important to learn it regardless. On the other hand, I think it is crucial to avoid, uh, to, uh, understanding this is crucial to avoid uh, many misconceptions about the moral teachings and the commandments, uh, the moral teachings of the church and so forth. I dare say that many of the theological mistakes that are out there regarding what is right and what is not are due to a misunderstanding of these principles that we will discuss today. The point here is that we have this treasure that is freedom, this gift of God, held in earthen vessels, as St. Paul says to the Corinthians in his second letter, chapter 4, verse 7. And this gift of freedom gives every man a great dignity, and at the same time is the source of his moral choices and decisions. When a person acts deliberately, that is, with the full use of his freedom, he becomes responsible for those actions. Or he becomes, as the Catechism says, the father of his acts. So, uh, you see that by the exercise of your judgment and your freedom, you become the owner of your actions and the owner of the consequences of, the, of those actions. You become responsible. You will have to respond or give an account before God for them, and sometimes before other people as well. So, when you use your judgment to assess a situation and give your deliberate consent for an action, that action can be now morally evaluated, and it becomes morally good or morally evil. More, by the word morally, we mean the human value of that action, whether it's good or evil. So we have to see what makes my actions able to be morally evaluated. So the Church teaches us that the morality of our human actions depend on three things. First of all, the moral object, that is the object of my action, what I'm doing. The end in view, 
the intention or purpose. And third, the circumstances of the action. So we will describe what each of these mean briefly. So the moral object is what I am doing. What am I doing each time I do something? So if you ask, what are you doing? The answer is, generally speaking, the moral object. I'm doing this or doing that. I'm eating bread or whatever. It is the thing or action, the good toward which the will deliberately directs itself. So determining what the moral object is and whether it is good or not will be essential to the moral evaluation of an action. It is the first element that needs to be good for my action to be good. It might sound too evident, but I cannot do good by doing evil things. Some examples of a moral object would be I am eating an apple or I am stealing a smartphone or I am giving a donation to a poor person or you are listening to a Catholic podcast. Great. Good for you. Uh, so then comes the intention. What is the intention? The intention together with the moral object uh, are uh, the essential elements of the moral act. The intention is the why. Why do I do the, what I'm doing? If you ask, why are you listening to a Catholic podcast? The answer will be your intention in doing this. And that intention is essential to the moral evaluation of an action, just as the object is essential as well. For example, I am listening to learn my faith more in depth. Or if I ask, why are you doing this or that? Some of the other intentions could be, I'm working to earn more money. Or I eat an apple because I'm hungry. Or to get some healthy nutrition. Or if you're giving alms to the poor, you can do it to help this person who is in need. Or to make up for my past sins and so forth. We typically have an intention why we do things, especially if they are deliberately chosen actions. So the moral object, together with the intention, the moral object, together with the intention, will help determine the good or the goodness or not of the action. In that sense, a good intention can never justify an action that, is, that has a moral evil object. In other words, as St. Thomas Aquinas teaches, and the Church confirms, the end or intention, a good end, cannot justify an evil means. The end cannot justify the means. That is, uh, a good intention cannot justify some evil means that I put, that, that is the action or the moral object. For example, I cannot steal a water bottle so that I can have water with me during the hike in the mountains. The intention may be good, but the action is evil. And finally, we have the circumstances of the action. The circumstances are the external elements of a particular human action. In a sense, they are secondary elements of the moral act. These circumstances uh, could make an action better or worse, but will not typically change the morality of that action. So, the circumstances cannot make good an action that is in itself bad, nor vice versa. 
for example, the circumstances of an action could be what moment of the day it was when I did a particular thing, or if I was hungry or not when I responded badly to a particular person, or if the spiritual book I read was mine or if it was borrowed. Those are circumstances. And certain, sometimes cer certain circumstances can be very important, and then they no longer are accidental circumstances, but they become part of the moral act or moral object. For example, if one day I arrive late to Mass, it, is, it will be very different if it's a weekday or if it is a Sunday. So that's a circumstance that is essential to the moral act. So to give you an analogy or some image to understand all this better, in our human being, we have the body and the soul and the external characteristics of a person, like the height and so forth. So in Thomistic philosophy, we call those the matter, the body, the form, the soul, and the accidents, the height, the weight, and so forth. So the body is the matter, the soul is the form, and the external qualities, height, weight, color of the eyes, etc., are the accidents. So in a similar way, the end of, or intention of the act is like the soul of the moral action. The moral object is like the body of the act, if you want. And the circumstances of the moral action are like the external qualities of the person, right? So, um, so just as a, as a comparison to help understand. Now these things, the moral object, the intention and the circumstances are the basis of determining the morality of a particular action. That is, they help us determine if an action is morally good or morally evil. Good actions are the ones that lead us to our final end, that is God. And evil actions lead us away for, from that final end, which is God, to know, love, and serve God. For an action to be morally good, the object, the moral object, has to be good. And the intention has to be good. The circumstances could make that action better if they're good, or not so good, but they can't make the action radically evil if the intention and the object are good. For example, if I write an essay, the moral object has to be good. That is, it has to be according to the law of God. The essay has to be according to the law of God writing the essay. But also my intention in doing that action has to be good. For example, my intention could be to get a good grade so that I can get a good job and in the future support my family. If either the moral object or the intention is bad, then the whole action is wrong. For example, if I steal a knife from the store, in that case the, the, the moral object is bad, even if I do it to cut my food so I can eat, and that's the intention, which is a good intention, even then, the action is still, the moral action is still wrong. On the other hand, if I do a good action, like giving alms, in this case, the moral object is good, but the intention is bad or crooked, for example, to appear to be good in the eyes of men, then the whole action is bad, as the Lord says in St. Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 1 and 2. So, now this is very basic but at the same time, very important. For an action to be good, both the moral object and the intention have to be good. So all of it has to be good. 
And ideally, the circumstances also should be good in order to do the action as best as it could be. Now, note that there are some moral objects, some things that we can do, that depending on certain consequences can become good or bad. For example, playing a prank on someone is fun. Playing a prank in itself is somewhat good. But it can be a good thing when it encourages friendship and having a good time. So the consequences are good. But if the prank causes a serious injury or a terrible embarrassment or causes a serious waste of money in the person on whom I play the prank, then that could have been what could have been good becomes now bad because of its consequences, right? So there the moral object in, has to include the consequences of that action. However, there are certain actions that are always evil and there are no good consequences that are enough to make it good, nor good intentions that can make it good. In these cases, the moral object is called a moral absolute. And it is always evil, regardless of whether the consequences are good or positive, or whether the intentions are good. So some actions, some moral objects, are always absolutely evil, and there's nothing that can justify performing them. Whether the consequences may be good, or whether the intentions may be good, the action is always evil. And a simple example is the case of the abortion. Abortion, or even contraception, properly speaking, are some of those moral objects that are always morally evil, regardless of the supposedly good consequences that could ensue. Some moral theologians consider that, uh, wrongly, right, that if there are enough good consequences, an abortion could become good. And that's wrong, right? They say that in order to avoid a greater suffering of the mother or to avoid plunging the family into poverty, then the abortion could be justified, would be justified, and therefore good. But they are wrong, as John Paul II clearly taught in Evangelium Vitae, number 63. Abortion, he says, regardless of the positive consequences that could follow, is always an absolutely unacceptable act. Other actions of this type that are always absolutely evil or absolutely uh, bad are blasphemy, perjury, murder, adultery, and contraception. These are acts which, in and of themselves, independently of the circumstances and the intentions, are always gravely illicit by reason of their moral object. So there are more things to say about all this, uh, more things to add to these principles. But this will be enough for today. I hope this helps enlighten to some extent your discernment and your judgment of your own actions and your path toward heaven. So I hope this uh, episode helps you grow in your faith and your understanding of your Christian moral life. Please make sure to share this episode with your friends. Uh, follow us in your preferred platform. And if you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. I hope to see you next time. May God bless your day.